Good morning. How is the, uh, how's the sound okay in the back? Everybody can hear me? Could you say yes or no for me? Yes? Great, thank you. So continuing with the instructions, allowing the posture to be upright and at ease. Sometimes when we try to establish an upright posture, we can get stiff or tense. Notice when that happens. So that we are in a middle way between uprightness and ease. We are not defaulting to the extreme of either. And take time, every time you sit, to establish this posture the posture itself is meditation. We've been talking about the embodiment of the posture, the embodiment of meditation, so that the whole organism is brought to this point, this moment. So as you are establishing the posture with feeling the heaviness of the body, earth element, the temperature of the body, fire element, pressure, air element, and flow, water element. So much is happening just by our establishment of the posture. This attitude of respect and valuing fully occupy this body with all its elements at play. Know it completely. And as you know, that is the first foundation of mindfulness as we've been 
while talking about from the root text of the Satipatthana Sutta, the establishment of mindfulness, the foundations of mindfulness. And this morning, we'll be establishing the second foundation of mindfulness, which is mindfulness of what some call feelings, but is more accurately described as feeling tone. The tone of the feeling that arises with contact. Contact with the ears, the eyes, the nose, the tongue, the body. Hearing sound, the sound of my voice, the external sounds in nature. Sights in the eyes, if the eyes are open. Smells in the nose, tastes in the tongue. And sensations in the body. and establishing mindfulness of feelings or feeling tones. When we see, when we have contact, those contacts through those sense doors, and I didn't, and I need to add the mind thoughts. A feeling tone arises. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. So as you sit, notice what is arising in these ways of contacting the world internally and externally. And notice what feeling tone arises? And what is important about feeling tone? And I will hope that you are practicing as I speak, so you're hearing as well as practicing internally and externally with the body. This second foundation of mindfulness is a key 
to the effort that we make towards freedom. As we've been teaching in these last couple of days, the um, the movement towards freedom can be uh, known through how we respond to feeling tone. We've been talking about the fact that the Buddha talked about the three poisons of the mind, greed, hatred, and delusion, or ignorance. You'll notice that there's an alignment. You'll notice, is this better? You'll notice that there's an alignment between uh, the pleasant and how we respond or react to what is pleasant by grasping, wanting more, greed. And how we respond to the unpleasant by pushing away, resisting, wanting to destroy or make it go away. Hatred. And when things are, don't have that pop of pleasant or unpleasant, we describe that as neutral. And our instinct is to ignore it because it doesn't have a pop. And so we become bound by our reaction to what is appearing in our experience. So this is really key to the practice that we're doing and the way that we're working to find freedom within this human experience. What you'll notice, I think, is that you're not saying, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. So it's very much a part of your diurnal experience to like what's pleasant, want it more, to hate what is unpleasant, to want to push it away, make it stop, or to ignore what has none of that valence. So, just to add that um, I'm going to make it a little bit more complex. The, the, third found it, the third factor of awakening is right effort, wise effort. So we're going to get a little bit more uh, complex this morning with the instructions as we weave wise effort 
putting energy behind our practice into this second foundation of mindfulness. So I'm going to give you some instructions that um, perhaps can help you to work with these uh, feeling tones. But I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you a few moments to just settle into um, knowing what is happening. Perhaps you have a thought and it's pleasant and you want to follow it. Or you're noticing the light in the room. For some of you it's right in your faces, it may be unpleasant. And for some of you, um, you may not even notice it at all because you're not sitting directly in the light, and so it's neutral. So just all experience has these valences according to how you're contacting them. So I'd like to work a little bit with um, with that. I'll give you a few minutes to just settle in. So again, feeling the weight of the body, its heaviness. And feeling the support of the chair or the cushion underneath your body and support. and the coolness or the warmth of the breath as it enters and leaves. And then take a few minutes to find tightness in the body or tension. inviting you to find some ease even within that tightness or tension.
And when the body is at ease, feel the openness, awareness, energy moves, flows. And the third factor of awakening, energy. And establishing a base that feels easeful in the breath, the body soothing and nourishing. And if the breath doesn't feel easeful, allow attention to rest in the parts of the, in any part of the body that does feel easeful. Again, this third factor of awakening, right effort. We don't need to ask experience to be otherwise, but to learn, to learn, rather to learn how to respond to what is arising Sorry. with skill and compassion and wisdom. difference between the immediacy of direct experience and ideas or stories, perceptions that come in response to direct experience. That's extra. Add it. And sometimes as we're sitting we experience unpleasant, perhaps tightness or burning sensations. See if there's some place in the body that feels unpleasant. And bring attention to the edge of that sensation. Not the middle of it. Just approach it really gently. Noticing that if when one brings attention close into um, an area of unpleasant, there may be reaction of fear or anxiety or apprehension or perhaps tightening of the muscles in response 
in the, pro- to the, in the proximity of what is unpleasant. Just notice that. And if we're aware of that, just allow that to be part of the attention as well until there is softening and opening in response to being next to or near something that is unpleasant. And when the reactivity softens, the contraction releases, the fear softens and disappears. And then we can come back to being just next to that unpleasant sensation. And then after some time, we release the attention to that unpleasant sensation and place the attention somewhere that is in the body that is perhaps soothing and nourishing, like the breath, or a place in the body that feels at ease and comfortable. And when one feels nourished, refreshed, you can once again take up unpleasant sensation as your object of meditation. So find another place in the body that feels a little tense or maybe even a bit painful. And this time, rather than just going going in, place attention to the edge. Just around the edge of the sensation. And locate the area of the unpleasant sensation. Bring attention and surround it. Embrace it gently very gently, just embracing the unpleasant sensation. Becoming alert and aware once again to whatever reaction there is to doing this. 
tightening, pulling back fear, perhaps apprehension or anxiety. And without moving into a story that's related to any of these things, ideas of how or why they are there, allowing the reaction to experience to be what we bring attention to. What is our reaction? And as we notice the reaction, it may dissipate or at least lessen. And as it does, we can come back into some settledness. And as we are more settled, the attention can return to what may be unpleasant sensation. And that was the primary catalyst for the reaction. Rather than reactivity, there can be an embracing surrounding the whole of the unpleasant sensation. So as one brings attention to this unpleasant sensation without bargaining or hoping for change, we can see what happens with presence. Does it change? If so, how does it change? Does it get stronger, weaker? Does it fluctuate? Does the shape of it change? What is happening as we're present for our experience? <clears throat> 
albeit unpleasant. Once again, returning to the breath, or a part of the body that is at ease. We also experience not only physical unpleasant sensations, but mental feelings, contact with something mental that is unpleasant, a thought, a word, an impression, a judgment, a memory, a worry. And we can do the same. We can bring attention to the quality of unpleasant and mental phenomena. See if there is something arising that is unpleasant in the mind, or if there is a current in the mind that is unpleasant. And bring attention to that unpleasant quality, either by bringing attention just nearby or surrounding it and being very alert to the reaction, the reaction to bringing attention to unpleasant mental Vedana, mental feelings or feeling tone.
And you'll notice that if the system gets more anxious and agitated, then there's a signal that the mindfulness is not yet grounded sufficiently to work in this way. And then having that as information, one takes the attention away from unpleasant mental Vedana and bring it back to the body and breath. But if the mindfulness and clear comprehension, if the ease of the base that we've established is sufficiently developed to bring attention in this way, then one can stay with the reaction until it dissipates. Going back to unpleasant mental feeling and watching what happens to it not engaging in the story or the content or why it's that way or who said what or how true it is but just focusing on the unpleasantness that is associated with it. And then just observe what happens. If we are able to pay attention in this way where does the drama of the story go? So I'll be silent now and allow you for the next few minutes as we come to the end of the meditation to work with whatever is uh, arising in your experience with these feeling tones of pleasant and unpleasant.
I know those instructions were dense. <clears throat> I'm very aware of the fact that the instructions were dense. However, I think that um, this is a really important aspect of practice and in some ways is a key to opening. So, uh, for those of you who wanted to just, why don't she shut up? <laughs> um, notice that in the mind. <laughs> unpleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant. And uh, forgive me. <laughs> so we have uh, we have a few minutes for if there are any questions about that practice or anything else. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, I was struck that we began with our body in the unpleasant and um, and it, I found it difficult to find my edge of the discomfort in my body. Um, so I, I think that's part of just being new to this, that the middle and the edge is uh, just a blur. Um, and then also in terms of the mind in finding, or thoughts finding the middle and the edge, actually that's where it's really overwhelming, uh, especially when I'm holding lots of grief for the continuous harm that uh, communities of color and immigrants are facing. So is there a question or just a comment? Just needing assistance in finding the edge and the center. And, and also assistance with overwhelm. So it's like finding the okay, great. the edge and center, and then also just dealing with overwhelm. So it's you know, so we have an in breath and an out breath, right? And in the in breath we take in, and in the out breath we expel. We allow things to disperse in back into the atmosphere. So the finding of the place that's most intense may not be where you want to be, right? So, if you so you're having, as you said, this mental vedna of um, the unpleasantness of systemic oppression. I'm paraphrasing you, and uh, that can be overwhelming. And what would it be like to be around the edges of that? rather than going into the most, the deepest suffering, the most unbearable suffering of that. But noticing with some discernment, that's not all there is, right? So in the midst of uh, this oppression, this unbearable oppression that makes you want to weep all the time, what's it like to actually know the beauty in the world, too, right? So that the, 
the oppression may be at the center of the mental unpleasantness. And yet surrounding that mental unpleasantness is the fact that you're alive. And that you, you are able to have these feelings because you're human. And that the, it's a beautiful day. So can you tiptoe into that, the thought of that oppression and the oppressiveness of that oppression in the midst of the beauty of life? And the fact that that's not all there is. That is not all there is. It's deeply sad. It may even be somewhat depressing. And yet, it's not all there is. So can you be in the midst of it all, holding it, embracing it, and allowing the support of the beauty of the world to, um, to support you in the holding, in the embracing of that oppression? And it's a practice. So you're breathing in and you're breathing out. So you're breathing in the beauty and breathing out the oppression. Or breathing in the oppression and breathing out the beauty. However it works for you. I have a question here, but my experience around what I don't want to be feeling, the uncomfortableness, uh, my attention would start focusing on the resistance itself. And... Um, And and I would say to myself to be at ease with that, that I can just be with that. And and that's where we need to go, where I need to go. That's the question. In other words, there's there's the pain, physical pain, there's the sunlight and the heat intense and here it comes and ah, it's cooling down and you know, this back and forth, but there's this general sense of resistance and tightness and anticipation and apprehension and all of that and they seem like two different things there's the pain and then there's this uh, oh my god here it goes again or and so I, I'm kind of playing with um, visiting that I guess like okay so this is part of being alive and you know there's the curiosity what's that like and what if I just hang out with this? And, and can you also add to that just the, um, and, and I'm, I'm guessing, maybe you don't have this, but I'm guessing that we don't want the unpleasant. Uh, agreed. <laughs> Good. Well, now we've got a basis from which we can talk. So, so can you notice that? Uh-huh. And can you notice that that resistance actually it sometimes increases the intensity of the unpleasantness. It's yes. the, the resistance actually adds pressure yes. to that unpleasantness. Yep. And what's it like? 
to tiptoe in to that unpleasantness. Breathing and touching it and backing off and touching it and backing off. And so that you're training the mind to be aware of it, to know, oh, this is unpleasant. Rather than being in the middle of the unpleasantness, feeling as if I don't, I'm drowning, I don't know how to get out of this. So that you're building confidence and you're building authority with your experience, whatever it is, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. So that, so it, so that it's, we stay in the process rather than trying to fix it, trying to make it better, trying, hating it, not wanting it to go away. All of that is true, and we can be aware of that. And in the awareness of it, there's a softening. I don't know if you experienced that. Somewhat. It would fluctuate. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Just aware of it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Can, can we close this uh, curtain? Yeah, one more. Um, one, one question is that I'm a little confused about the third foundation of mindfulness because I, I always thought it was about wise thought or right thought. We're on the second. Okay. Yeah. I thought you talked about the third. I might have No, it's it's the third factor of awakening. I know all these lists. Okay. But the third factor of awakening was right effort, right energy. Oh. um, Okay. I must have my list mixed up. (laughs) I hope it wasn't me. No. um, I just want to um, say a little bit about the experience. It was almost like the, but it did feel like right effort was so much a part of this because I could feel when my concentration would stop and I'd go into the proliferation, which is where so much of the suffering is. You know, the trying to not have it be, an experience be something or trying to figure out what was wrong. Beautiful. Thank you. So I have a few announcements. Um, We'll have uh, meetings today, teacher meetings, group meetings with with, uh, the three of us. And um, one of the assistants will be sitting in, the assistants will be sitting in with each of us. So um, they'll be there to observe. the, so the, the, the room assignments, teacher assignments are on the board, so please look after, you've, after, you've, after we leave. Yeah, and um, I'm in room two. Uh, you're in room, what's the number of your room? Four? So Pam is in room four, which is on the corner, the first room that you encounter when you walk up to. Up the stairs. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm confusing it. So it's the one up the stairs. So if you go around there and towards the exit, there's a, um, a, a little hallway into our teacher room. And up the stairs right next to the teacher room is Pam's room four. I'm in room two, which is on the corner. Uh, to, uh, 
as you, as you go out of the hall, it's on your right on that long hallway. And what room are you in, Eugene? Room one, and which one are you? That's the one next to me. Oh, so Eugene's next to the, um, to the bathrooms, and I'm next to Eugene. And I'm next to Eugene. That sounded worse than it was supposed to be. He's he he's he's not in the doghouse. He's just in the he's just in room one. But he's in room one, right? Which is primo. Okay. Um. <laughs> El jefe. Why are you in room one? Because you gave me room two. Because we both like room two, and he was gracious enough to give me room two. <laughs> so he's in room one. He's in room one next to the bathroom. <laughs> um, so there'll be further instructions at uh, the twelve o'clock sit. So be sure to be sure to attend them. And at three o'clock, Booker will be doing um, some uh, a posture clinic. So if you're having trouble with your posture in sitting, uh, she'll be able to help you. And there is an LGBT affinity group tonight in the council house at 7. Anything else? Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day, yes? Yes. Thank you for saying that, yes. So if your name isn't on the board, don't panic. You'll be on the board tomorrow, hopefully. But if you... Oh, Eugene's reminding me that I should remind you that if you're, if you're new to really go and look at the boards outside here to make sure uh, to see when your, your, um, your meeting is. But the, so everybody will have been seen by tomorrow, I think, yeah. So, if, so tomorrow, if you're not on either list, you should let somebody know. Okay, have a really, really beautiful day of practice, and may your Vedana, your pleasant Vedana be really pleasant, and may your unpleasant Vedana be mildly unpleasant. Okay, have a great day.